Welcome to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, powered by StatRoute.com. And now, here's your host, Ryan Skullroot. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullroot. I'm your host. And uh, we have a fun little show for you. We've got a few things we're going to go over with uh, the news uh, a lot of breaking news that has happened over the last uh, few, um, not even necessarily few, yeah, really few days since the draft happened. Um, we are going to go over some uh, way too early ADPs and what it's looking like in uh, in different types of leagues, um, and then uh, and then we'll call it a show. So not a not a, a huge show today, but should be a whole lot of fun um, with what we've got going on. So. Uh, we want to start off with a couple of announcements that we've got going on. Uh, first, um, we we talked about this last week that we were updating the website. Well, the update has now finished. We have gotten um, basically restructured the entire website. We've got a whole new theme going on, a whole new design. And uh, we really hope that you guys like it. Um, again, you can check it out at SkullKingFootball.com. Uh, a little more uh, a little more clean, uh, you know, streamlined uh, and we hope that you guys uh, were, are able to navigate it a little bit easier than, la than the last design that we had. Number two, the draft guide is on pre-sale. It is officially uh, on pre-sale, ready to go for you guys to go ahead and pre-order for, uh, for a discount. I believe right now we've got it for um, the PDF version will be $7. The full web version will be, well, right now is going to be 21 And then once it goes live in July... Uh, on July 1st, it will be go to 10 and $30. So make sure to pre-order that now so that once it goes live in July, you guys uh, you guys will be able to have had a little bit of a discount on it and ready to go. Uh, last announcement that I have to make. Um, this is uh, somewhat personal, but I think it, it helps to build the Skull King brand. Um, I have been asked to be a um, regular guest host or a regular uh, guest, call-in guest. Uh, for uh, WEI's The Sports Exchange. It is an online sports talk show. Um, and so for uh, the next few months, I'll be on there once a month to kind of talk some fantasy football. And then once August hits, I'll be on there once a week um, talking fantasy football, um, giving advice to their listeners. So kind of a kind of a big thing for me personally, but also, uh, you know, for the website and for, um, you know, for the podcast here, just drawing in a little more attention and and uh, and hopefully we're able to uh, help continue to build this and, and be able to provide uh, more info and more advice for um, all of our followers and all of our listeners. So uh, that's what we've got going on. So why don't we go ahead and hop into the headlines. Today's headlines. All right. So today's headlines. We are on Sleeper. And uh, we're going to go ahead and start with with a couple of things that happened just after the draft. Um, uh, with the the uh, the Rosen trade to Miami, um, their offense coordinator has said that Rosen will have to earn the starting job. We will see who who earns that, whether it's Rosen or or Fitzpatrick. I can see Fitzpatrick getting a little more of the work, you know, depending on how things work out in camp. Um. Uh, TJ Hawkinson is expected to be the week one starter. I would expect that when you take him number eight overall uh, as a tight end. It'll be interesting to see how the Lions use him 
in the tight end position, considering that he that that they've had trouble really using tight ends. And of course, you know, again, that may have just been a, a, a chemistry thing with Eric Ebron and uh, and Matt Stafford. But it'll be interesting to see how that works out. I think it. I think that he's going to be great in the NFL, not only as a as a pass catcher, but especially as a blocker, um, helping out the the run game in Detroit. Um, Doug Baldwin. Uh, there's a few things coming on uh, coming on about Doug Baldwin. An announcement about his retire about his possible retirement is not uh, likely to come anytime soon, um, which we're kind of expecting. They've kind of you know in hearing from the Seahawks up here in Seattle, it's uh they've talked about the fact that there is um that it's kind of up to him that there's a lot that he has to overcome in order to be ready. Uh, to be able to come back, so so uh, so that's kind of what's going on with Doug Baldwin. Um, you know, it kind of became apparent that this is good that his retirement's going to be an issue. Um, you know, when they drafted three wide receivers in the draft. So, uh, moving on up here, uh, the Colts have signed former Chiefs running back Spencer Ware. I believe he's more depth. Uh, it's going to be more of the kind of that Robert Turbin role is going to be my guess on how on how the Colts would be using uh, Spencer Ware. Um, fantasy football legend Jamal Charles uh, signed a one year uh, or a one day contract to retire with the Chiefs. Um, played 11 years, four time Pro Bowler, uh, 7,500 rushing yards, almost 2,600 receiving yards, 5.4 yards per carry, which is the fourth all time. 310 catches, 64 total touchdowns. So just an, an amazing career from Jamal Charles when he was healthy. Um, he did deal with some with some uh, uh, you know ACL injuries last little bit of his career, uh, which you know which is always tough for for an athlete to have to deal with and have their their um, their career cut short because of things that aren't necessarily in their control. Uh, just is never fun. So. Uh, we want to say congratulations to Jamal Charles for you know for the amazing career and especially for um, those who had him in his good years um, and and for the years that he won a few people their their fantasy championships. So uh, moving on, T. Y. Hilton on new draft pick Paris Campbell and the competition behind him at wide receiver this year. Um, this is what this is what T. Y. Hilton had to say. The rookie we just got, he's fast, he's athletic, can run routes, great hands, great after the catch, and the guys here they've got to step up. There's gonna be competition at every spot. I really think that this just goes to the fact that um Paris Campbell is very talented. Um, you know, there were there were thoughts that he could possibly go in the first round by some by some gurus. Uh you know, but most likely in the second or third. He he landed in a really good spot, I think, playing opposite T.Y. Hilton. He'll be able to kind of move in the slot. He'll be able to play, uh, you know, outside opposite T.Y. Hilton. I think that he is going to provide some more open areas for T.Y. to be able to get loose and just uh, be a um, help make T.Y. Hilton that much better and Andrew Luck that much better. So. Really, I think that the the Paris or yeah, the Paris uh, uh, Campbell um, Paris Campbell addition is going to be huge for the Colts offense, uh, not only for Andrew Luck but also for T.Y. Hilton. Uh, the Rams, 
there's a lot going on with the Rams, uh, especially in the backfield. The Rams might use more two back formations. This is just this is just pulling Todd Gurley farther and farther down in my rankings. The more I'm hearing um, with them drafting, I believe I believe it was Daryl Henderson that they drafted, uh, and so with with the Rams just not. Um, not really feeling like they can commit, I think, to Todd Gurley being the guy, um, is is kind of uh, is is disconcerting for um, for fantasy football players. I know that uh, there's a, a fantasy football guru um, that basically says he is avoiding uh, Todd Gurley at all costs in fantasy. That Todd Gurley sucks, and you know he's dealing with injury. And I think that this is continuing to show that he is dealing with injury. Um, and so uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of how they work that backfield and and who's and who's going to be uh, in there working with them. Um, the Colt or sorry, the the Chargers have kind of um. Well, here's it's speculation. Sorry, speculation saying that the Chargers could use rookie QB Easton Stick like the Saints use Taysom Hill. That's kind of honestly been the way that a lot of people have described him um, and kind of said that kind of that's the it's kind of the way that he's looking as a as a prospect. So I'm not really expecting much else out of Easton Stick. Um, we didn't you know, we're, we didn't have extremely high hopes for him, to be honest, as a prospect this year. So. Or even, you know, I think that if they're looking for their quarterback of the future, um, I think they'll probably find it in another draft. I think the Easton Stick was just kind of a some guy that they could possibly use in uh, in multiple different facets. So, uh, on the the first major injury of the season, uh, Raiders running back Isaiah Crowell tore his Achilles during a workout with the team Monday. Is out for the season per source. He will undergo season-ending surgery next week. Um, absolutely brutal for a guy that signed a one-year prove-it deal and you know gets injured so he can't you know just not able to go through with it absolutely just gutting um this opens up uh, this opens up more room for josh jacobs the first round draft pick for er, for the raiders they have since with crowell going down they have since signed doug martin and gruden says that he believes doug martin will be a a good mentor to uh josh jacobs uh, we'll kind of see. I still think that that Jacobs is the is the guy to own in that backfield. I don't think that's that's changing. I think that was kind of the way it was going to be, anyways. Um, there's also been reports that Marshawn may be um, that Marshawn Lynch would return if the Raiders called, but Oakland now has a crowded running back room. They do. Uh, they have also got Jalen Richard, Chris Warren. Um, so they've got they've got <laughs> they've got a whole bunch of people. Uh, in their running back room, so I don't think that I don't think that really that Doug Martin is going to play much of a role. I think that if if Josh Jacobs is healthy, the Raiders are going to give him the role and just let him run with it. So, uh, report that the Vikings are fielding have fielded trade calls on Zach or on their uh, on their tight end uh, Rudolph, which is not unexpected they just they actually signed um Irv Smith Jr. officially he has already signed his contract and is good to go so he is uh he is their tight end of the future this has been I think that uh 
Rudolph is on the last year of his deal. And I think that the Vikings are just trying to, you know, see what they can get um see what they can get out of him. So uh let's see. Got a couple of things. Cliff Kingsbury, okay. You know, coach is kind of annoying me, to be completely honest. Um, Cliff Kingsbury has stated that he, we will see if Murray starts week one. You're going to start Murray week one. I mean, you don't have anyone else as a quarterback. Um, I mean, I don't have the depth chart up in front of me, but they don't have anyone worth starting week one unless Kyler Murray is injured. You you drafted him number one overall for a reason, and so you're going to start him. <laughs> I mean, there there shouldn't be any question there. Um, I think that he's just trying to play down a little bit, uh, you know, the the whole Kyler Murray thing, and and trying to just you know tamper expectations. But you know, when you drafted him number one overall, you basically set up yourself for expectations. So. Um, so, yeah, so that's what I have to say about that. Uh, he is going to start week one. Uh, the Bucks receivers coach Kevin Garver um, talked a little bit about Chris Godwin and how he could be involved in the slot um, as well as outside the season. Chris Godwin, he's getting a lot of hype everywhere um, from what I know and what I've seen of his tape from last year. Um, you know, what, you know, we were, if you followed us at all last year, you saw him just being hyped up and hyped up and hyped up like crazy from us every week. He was owned just under 50% in just under 50% of leagues. And so he was always on our waiver wire, uh, always on our waiver wire call list. Um, a guy that, you know, was very productive. I think he finishes, you know, right around the wide receiver 30 in PPR, really had a breakout season last year and I think he can do even more this year especially if they're putting him in the slot um which you know with Bruce Arians passing attack is going to be huge for um for Chris Godwin because I think that if they put him in the slot that is going to be a good th- I mean Bruce Arians has already said that Chris Godwin could catch 100 passes this season so I think that Godwin is definitely uh definitely a guy to watch for this next season he's a guy that I'm going to be all over Again, unless there's unless an injury happens sometime uh, during the uh, during the preseason, um, I'm all over Chris Godwin. Yes, this does not take away from the fact that the Buccaneers still have Mike Evans. I've seen that argument all over. When anyone talks about Chris Godwin, yeah, don't they still have Mike Evans? They still have Mike Evans. Mike Evans is going to be the guy. Yes, Mike Evans is still going to be the big play, big guy that they're going to lean on. Um, however, with how heavy this passing attack is going to be, and with the absolute complete lack of um, running backs with Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones, they're still going to rely on the passing game and the wide receivers. Plus, they have a couple of really good tight ends in Cameron Brate and O.J. Howard. Um, so, again, just things to watch for. Um, but uh, I, I am definitely going to be a believer in Chris Godwin and uh, and looking forward to see what he can do this preseason to prep up for, for this next season. So. Um, okay, let's, let's cover the, the, the big, you know, suspension news, whatever we want to call it with Tyreek Hill and the confusion that especially in, in some of the, some of the, the Chiefs fans that I've seen over the last couple weeks, Chiefs fans have been, uh, 
have just been all over the place. You know, whether it's eating Tyreek Hill for dinner, saying that the guy's, you know, a horrible person, which that very well could be, um, to saying, you know, don't believe everything that you say, you know, wait for this to play out. I tend to be on the wait for this to play out thing. And with what it looked like with the 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 was it the sound of the 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 call being released saying that Tyreek Hill um said to his girlfriend uh, Chris Lesman that she was that she needed to be afraid of him um and then like a day or two later there was a letter sent to the NFL when it was announced that you know it very well could be that Tyreek Hill gets put on the exempt list it comes out in a letter that they texted back and forth to each other, Tyreek and his girlfriend, that, you know, why would you say these things about me? You know I didn't hit you know I didn't hit our son. And her responding, I know, I was just mad. I wanted to blame you for everything. I, I question it, to be completely honest. I understand that that was probably on their phones. I also believe that it could be a setup. Um <laughs> something to try to make it look like something it's not i don't know we we, you know this is going to have to be something that's dug into deeper i'm still waiting to see if there's more um and then at that point i will make my final decision right now it doesn't at this point it doesn't look like he's going to be charged from what i've seen um so like i said we're gonna let this play out a little bit he still could get suspended even if he's not charged he could still get suspended by the nfl um, you know, we, we saw that with, uh, with Ezekiel Elliott a couple of years ago. So, uh, definitely something to watch out for though. Um, Vikings rookie tight end. Yeah. He signed his deal and uh, moving up here. A couple more things running back. Dexter Williams has signed his rookie contract with the Packers. Uh, so definitely interesting to see how that works in that backfield with Dexter Williams Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. From what I've seen of Dexter Williams, I like him the most out of those three. Uh, Jamal Williams was kind of back and forth. He was never really the highly touted prospect that we thought he could have been. You know, never really did much that we thought he could have from a couple years ago when we, you know, kind of looking at him. And Aaron Jones as well. Aaron Jones was was uh, almost in that Tyreek Hill mode a little bit, just kind of. Smaller school. I went. I think he went to uh, was it UTEP, U- Texas El Paso, um, and and so he was. He, you know, he really showed up the last couple of years and did well, but he's been fighting injuries. I get Jamal Williams has been fighting injuries. I don't know. I've not looked at that deeply into Dexter Williams on if he's been fighting injuries, but he's definitely a guy that I would watch. That I think could possibly take over that backfield this year. I think that he is probably talented enough to do that um, just from what I've seen and the injury history that has happened with the other two quarterbacks or the other two running backs in that backfield. Um, so uh, what, he's one of those he's one of those running backs that nothing may come of it, but he's I'm definitely keeping my eye on that backfield situation. So um, good news from Emmanuel Sanders, who suffered a torn Achilles on December 5th today, uh, a couple days ago, yesterday. He ran for the first time with cleats on since the injury. He seems to be coming along nicely. Seems like a lot of guys are are coming uh, are coming along from their injuries from last year uh, pretty well, and so that's uh, encouraging to see, especially for dynasty owners of Emmanuel Sanders. 
Um, and with the the Broncos offense, just with uh, the draft in this year, that they have some things to kind of to work on. Um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of goes on with the wide receiver core. Again, you got uh, Cortland Sutton, uh, was it uh, Deshaun Hamilton? So again, just there's some pieces to look at and uh, and see kind of how Emmanuel Sanders still fits in uh, if he can get healthy. And last but not least, we mentioned at uh, the beginning of the show with um, Doug Baldwin. Carol, Pete Carroll said there's nothing new on the Doug Baldwin front, uh, but again, he hints at uh, the retirement saying that he has, quote, a lot to overcome. Um, I actually watched that, uh, that interview today, so uh, very, nice to, very nice to see that um, in that interview he talked about uh, DK uh, Metcalf and uh, how he is uh, impressing in camp. Um, there's a story on NFL.com. Uh, talking about uh, both DK and uh, and uh, Paris Campbell and how they have really impressed so far with what they're able to do uh, in mini camps so far and rookie mini camps that are going on right now. So very encouraging to see you know that going on with those two players um, and the possible fantasy implications that they could present uh, this next season in 2019. So, alrighty. So that is it for the news and notes. So now what we're going to do is, like I said, is we're going we're gonna to take our last few minutes here of this show. And we're going to look at some way too early, way, way too early um, average draft position um, outlooks. So let me make sure I've got this set up correctly. thought I did. All right. So... Starting with the quarterbacks and just looking at where everyone's going, uh, Patrick Mahomes right now, average draft position, I want to say, is this a 10? Let's set it, set it for 12. Uh, set it for 12 and for quarterbacks. All right, so PPR, average draft position. So in a PPR league, average draft position for quarterbacks in 12-team leagues. Patrick Mahomes is going as the 3.01. So he is the first pick off the board in, in round three. Obviously, with everything that he did last year and how he was able to affect games um, with his arm, uh, coming close to, I can't remember, I don't have it in front of me, coming close to, if not uh, setting, I believe he was close to setting um, the... Uh, all-time highest um, fantasy football score that may still be Peyton Manning. Um, Andrew Luck is the second quarterback off the board, numbered uh, at the end of the fourth round, 4-10. And then back-to-back in round five, Aaron Rodgers and Baker Mayfield is the number four quarterback off the board in 12-team PPR leagues. And now... I understand the hype with Baker Mayfield. At the same time, I feel like that's a little too early. And I'm I'm hoping that, you know, as we get through the summer, again, these are way too early ADPs. This is just what's going on right now. But it seems a little premature for me to think that Baker Mayfield is the number four quarterback in fantasy. Um, especially going this far above um, Deshaun Watson... Uh, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers. I will get to some of these guys. 
But uh, I think that I think that Baker Mayfield's being a little overhyped. I understand that he has a lot of weapons now. Um, you know, he still has Jarvis Landry, still has Dave Njoku. Uh, you know, they've got Nick Chubb. Uh, um, Kareem Hunt is coming back halfway through the season, and then they add Odell. So I mean, he's got a lot of weapons to work with in this offense. That being said, I still think they're going to do a lot with the run game and Nick Chubb. And so for me, I think it's a. I'm not taking Baker Mayfield quite that high. I'd you know six or seven. Um, I'd have to actually look on my rankings. Let me actually update these real quick because I actually have my up. My rankings have been updated. I just updated those on the website. I have Baker Mayfield as quarterback number. Well, I moved him down to 16. Didn't mean to do that. I have uh, Baker Mayfield right around uh, quarterback nine. Um, overall on the website right now, uh, on our consensus, with we've got four of the writers so far that have turned in rankings. Baker Mayfield is the quarterback nine. So that's about where I've got him. I've got to make some adjustments. I can see some things that didn't end up quite how I ex- wanted them to. So I've got to make adjustments there. But um, I see Baker Mayfield as more like that quarterback seven or eight, nine, somewhere in there. So. Uh, Deshaun Watson, six, uh, the first pick in the sixth. Uh, Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson going later in the sixth. Drew Brees beginning of seven. I would, I like Drew Brees in the seventh round. Um, I think that's a good value because I still think that he's going to put up decent numbers uh, in fantasy. Um, there's, there's still going to be a pass-heavy team. Um, working with Alvin Kamara, a lot of passes out of the backfield. So I still like, I still like Drew Brees there. Um, Carson Wentz. I don't like Carson Wentz above Cam Newton. I just don't know if Carson Wentz can stay healthy. Then you know, who knows? Cam Newton can stay healthy with how many shots he takes as well. So, Jameis Winston is getting hyped for sure. Um, going at number twelve behind uh, Jared Goff and above Philip Rivers. I'm still trying to figure out why Philip Rivers is falling down so far after this last season. I'm trying to figure out where where Philip Rivers finished off. Uh, I don't have that in front of me, but in I had a, a league where uh, his his uh, his fantasy stats I want to say had him going had him finish right around number five quarterback number five or six. So um, definitely, I think that if you can get him that far as like the twelfth or thirteenth quarterback off of the uh, off the board. Um, you have you have great value there at that point. So, um, let me see real quick. No, all right. So, uh, so let's move on quarterbacks right here, and then uh, you know, working your way down, uh, Josh Allen at number. Let's see, you got Philip Rivers at thirteen. Jimmy Garoppolo at 14, Josh Allen at 15. I think that Josh Allen could be a value and could move up in um, could move up. I think that he could finish around number 10. Um, and mainly that's because of his his running ability and and his ability to run the ball, uh, escape the pocket. So he is definitely a guy that I would have my eye on as a possible uh, possible sleeper to move up. Uh, ben Roethlisberger 16, Tom Brady 17. I think that Ben that's I mean, with Ben Roethlisberger, you're dealing with 
with home and away splits and how just god awful he is on the road but how good he is at home uh, he no longer has antonio brown he no longer has uh, Le'Veon bell so seeing how all that works out will be interesting um so right now i mean for right now he's going as quarterback number 16 tom brady is quarterback number 17 um and while you know all those you know tom brady zealots just remember this is fantasy football and not regular football so all right uh, and so yes yeah, so that's kind of how the 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 layout is there um uh, following up brady uh Kyler Murray at 18, Sam Darnold at 19, and Kirk Cousins at 20, rounding out the 20, the top 20 um, wide or uh, quarterbacks. Uh, take a quick look at the running backs and how they are going. Let me see what we got. Uh, so, 12 team running backs, kind of average draft position. Kind of go through this real quick. Uh, you know. Uh, Saquon, then Ezekiel, McCaffrey, Kamara. I'm somewhat surprised that McCaffrey is going just above Kamara. Um, but, you know, uh, that could switch. I, you know, they're 1.3 and 1.4. So uh, Le'Veon Bell is going as the number five. I personally have him around eight or nine. Um, Melvin Gordon, David Johnson, Todd Gurley at the eighth position or the eighth running back off the board. James Conner. Um, end of the first round as the ninth running back. Um, just kind of looking, kind of going down the list a little bit, seeing if there's anyone that sort of sticks out. Devonta Freeman at 19, I can understand. He is an extremely talented running back. However, he's had problems staying healthy and staying on the field. And the offense run by Steve Sarkeesian has not necessarily been the greatest for Devonta Freeman. So, uh, Chris Carson is running back 20. I like Philip Lindsay as the number 22 off the board in PPR. Um, the thing about Philip Lindsay is they didn't really use him as a receiving back. Um, and, you know, that could have just been that could have just been Case Keenum. Um, it could have been the offense. I know that Joe Flacco has has liked throwing the, the ball out of the backfield to running backs. Um, did it a lot with Justin Forsett. Um and so I think that, you know, Lindsey could get a little more of the, the pass game going um, after running for 1,000 yards last year. Josh Jacobs, or so carry on. Josh Jacobs is number 24. Tariq Cohen is number 25 off the board in PPR. I still think Tariq Cohen is a top 15 running back in PPR, just with the way they use him. Um, and so I think that that's a value in that, in that number four or – uh, end of the fourth round at running back number 25. Uh, I still think the sixth round for Kareem Hunt is too early. The seventh round for Latavius Murray. It all depends on how he's uh, on how he's used um, opposite uh, Alvin Kamara. So looking at some others, David Montgomery. I like David Montgomery at number 37. He is definitely a guy that I will be looking at picking up uh, and drafting this year. I think that uh, I somewhat agree with a lot of the comps that have him compared to um, to Kareem Hunt in his playing style. And I think that he could take over for Mike Davis in that offense as the main bruiser back and also have the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. So definitely a guy that I like for this year in David Montgomery. Um, let's see... 
And uh, beyond that, I mean, Austin Eckler at ninth round, I think that's about right, number 42, just because it's going to be so back and forth on whether or not he's used. Uh, Mike Davis at 41 going behind David Montgomery. I think, you know, people already, you know, the writing's already on the wall for Mike Davis there. Um, and look, just kind of looking down, down here, I'm not seeing anyone that really sticks out to me as, as great value, value. Uh, CJ Anderson right now is going as the running back number 64 in the 13th round. Um, definitely a guy that I would consider. Um, especially if you can get him that late. We'll kind of see how the trends go um, over the rest of the summer. Moving on to wide receivers. Let me set this as a 12-team. Actually, I had it set as a 14-team. All right, so 12-team wide receivers. Not a whole lot of surprises here. DeAndre is the first wide receiver. Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Odell. Um Juju Smith-Schuster is number six, Antonio Brown number seven. I am somewhat surprised, and at the same time not surprised, that Adam Thielen is going at the end of the second round at uh, at the 210 mark as the ninth wide receiver off the board. Again, looking at the the uh, tendencies of Kirk Cousins, he's very much a uh, a quarterback that likes throwing to that slot receiver. That's where they put Adam Thielen a lot. Um, you know, you've got Stephon Diggs. Uh, who's more of that outside guy that they've uh, right now is being drafted a, a full round behind Adam Thielen. Value-wise, that may be the way to go is with Stefan Diggs. I think that they're both going to be about the same. You'll just It's a better value to get that out of Stefan Diggs in the third round than it is to get uh, um, Adam Thielen at the end of the second. So I'm not seeing really any surprises. Julian Edelman at 15 is a little bit of a surprise. Simply because even though it is PPR, I still usually tend to find him closer to about number 20 by the end of the year just because he doesn't score the touchdowns. Um, and you've got Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods going back-to-back with Kenny. So 16, 17, and 19, you've got the three wide receivers from uh, the L.A. Rams with Kenny Galladay splitting them all up. Um, I'd like to see Kenny Galladay really make another step forward this year and possibly, you know, see if he can work his way into that uh, wide receiver one uh, range. Um, Jarvis Landry, wide receiver number 20. Calvin Ridley, a lot of things expected out of Calvin Ridley. Um, I've seen a, a couple debates uh, going on. Uh, Calvin Between Calvin Ridley and Chris Godwin, who is going to have the better year? Um so for me, I am personally on the Chris Godwin train more than I am on the Calvin Ridley train. I think that Julio is going to take so much attention um, that he's, uh, and that's from Matt Ryan. He's going to take so much uh, attention from Matt Ryan that it's going to be a little, I personally, it's going to take a game where he, Ryan basically ignores Julio in order to make Calvin Ridley have decent games. That's personally my opinion. I don't think that Calvin Ridley isn't talented. I just see more consistency, personally, from Chris Godwin. Now, it may end up in the end of the year that Calvin Ridley outscores Chris Godwin, but I think you're going to have a harder time picking which week to start him 
I think he's going to be a little bit more of a roller coaster than it will be with Chris Godwin, who I think will get seven to eight targets a game and come down with five to six catches. I think that Chris Godwin this year finishes close to a thousand yards. I I could see him getting the hundred receptions. You know, and maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm maybe I'm, you know, just too much part of the 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 Chris Godwin hype train. But having having been on his hype train for two years now, I'm somewhat invested. Uh, Mike Williams is going as uh let's see, Chris Godwin, then DJ Moore, Mike Williams, I see having a very good year, going at the end of round five with Keenan Allen as the number one receiver there, and then Losing Tyrell Williams to the Raiders, I think that that provides a lot more opportunity for Mike Williams to have a breakout year. Um, Tyler Lockett down at the uh, the wide receiver number 26 in the beginning of the sixth round. For right now, because of everything that's been going on with Tyreek Hill, he's going in the sixth round behind Tyler Lockett. I expect that once we figure out if he's going to be suspended or not, everything will level out with Tyreek Hill in terms of where he's going to end up in uh, in his draft position. So. And then kind of rounding out to the top 30, uh, Tyler Boyd in round six, Sammy Watkins in round six, end of round six, Allen Robinson in round, beginning around seven. Guys that I think that could really step up and really, uh, uh, you know, break out, um, kind of moving down the list, not really seeing a whole lot that I really, really like. Um, Tyrell Williams maybe could kind of have that. Um, he right now he's being drafted number fifty four in the twelfth round. Um, a lot of this, honestly, you know, we, we've got to wait to see what's going on throughout uh, throughout training camps and everything. All right, and finally, we're going to take a quick peek at the tight ends and uh, and what uh, what kind of to expect from them and where they're going in drafts right now. And really, the only reason we're covering it like this now is because there are teams that, or there are players that are doing. Uh, best ball um, best ball leagues that draft early. So um, taking a look at these real quick. Tight ends. There it is. 12-team tight ends PPR for 2019 and where they're stacking up right now. Travis Kelsey is obviously the first tight end off the board, middle of round two. Zach Ertz, end of round two. George Kittle, end of round three. And as far as George Kittle goes, I think that he stays up in that that tight end three range. Um, a lot of people think that he might jump up and, and be the tight end one. I could see a little bit of regression from George Kittle. It all depends on how things go for, um, for Jimmy Garoppolo, what things look like for the wide receiver core, if Dante Pettis can step up. Um, who else? They, they drafted uh, Jalen Hurd. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? I mean, Marquise Goodwin is still there. So, depending on what's going on with their wide receiver core, and if someone really steps up, it could take some targets away from George Kittle. So, something to look at. I, I still project George Kittle to finish in that tight end three range. So, I just won't necessarily take him in the third round. Uh, Eric Ebron right now is the fourth tight end off the board in round five. OJ Howard, last pick of round five. Evan Ingram. Round six. I think this could be a good year for Evan Ingram now that Odell Beckham Jr. is gone. Really, at this point now, it's Evan Ingram, Odell, uh, Golden Tate, 
And what I think they drafted, I think it was Darius, wasn't Darius Slayton. I have to look. I can't remember the, the rookie that they drafted, wide receiver. But it was another slot receiver type. So <laughs> just uh, very interesting to see that. So um, I think that Evan Ingram could have a, a good year, a solid year, and could very well finish in the top five as a tight end again this year. Uh, unlike he didn't do that last year, but the year before he uh, finished, I believe it was top eight. Um, so, and again, that was the year that Odell, Jun Odell Beckham Jr. lost most of the season to um, his, uh, uh, I was say his ankle injury. So, uh, Hunter Henry expected to have a decent year so far, at least as far as the drafters are going right now. Uh, going middle around six is tight end number seven. Jared Cook could have a huge year this year, going in around six as the tight end for New Orleans. Definitely something to look at. Vance McDonald, uh, tight end nine. David Njoku, ten. Looking at guys that could possibly uh, step out. Um, Jack Doyle could move up there. Noah Fant, depending on how the Broncos um, utilize him, definitely a guy to look at as you know a late round flyer at tight end. Um, yeah, not, and and Delaney Walker. I love the guy, but he is getting older and has has had a couple of, of season-ending injuries. Um, I liked him for last year and lost him in game one. So um, I'm he's he's now to the point where I'm avoiding him, kind of the way I avoided Greg Olson last year. So um, that's kind of my thoughts on on where where things are going for um, in terms of how teams or how players are getting drafted. Uh, way too early right now in leagues uh, in PPR leagues. So. Um, that is all we've got for you today. I want to thank you guys for taking the time to uh, to join us. Uh, whether you are watching the live stream on Facebook or you are listening to this uh, podcast in, in its various platforms on uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, CastBox, wherever you listen, we want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to us. Make sure, um, if you could, to subscribe to the podcast on any of those various platforms, whether you subscribe to our YouTube channel um, or subscribe on iTunes, uh, like I said, Google Play, Stitcher, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Breaker, all those. We're on all of them. So uh, Spotify, please subscribe, leave a review we, uh, and a rating. We would really appreciate that. We want to hear from you guys. So, again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the podcast, to listen to us. Uh, we hope you guys have a great week, and we will talk to you next week. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.